0: The only, Mikey, Maximus, the Furnicus, telling jokes in Vegas like you don't even know. Come Wednesday, he's on our radio show. Charrette. Oh, hey, what's up? We're here. We're
1: doing mm-hmm. it. Doc G, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes. Yes, I, I went generic. I mailed it in a little bit on there. Girl, on. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I'll i be honest, I almost forgot to put in the rhymes before the show, and then I was looking over my outline. I was like, oh, crap, I don't have an intro. Nope. And I was man, I'm... <laughs> mailed it in a little bit because I'm so excited about the other things you know I'm excited to have yeah. you on the show but we've got we've got some things today Mike we've awesome. got some yeah yeah we've had a good week so far started started off with a strong day a great day this past mm-hmm. Monday Martin Luther King day yeah true yeah it's a great day yeah a day where we celebrate a man put his life on the line for a more perfect union. A man Mm -hmm. put his uh, life on the line for equality of all people. And I thought, Mike, Mm -hmm. let's get to know this man. That's what I thought. Word. I thought, let's get to know this man. But I don't want the -the run-of-the-mill stuff. You know, like he was a preacher. His birth name was Michael. Like well, oh. yeah, I, I, you didn't know that. I knew that. I didn't I was, know that. I was, I was, I'm, I'm in on the info. Uh, also, <laughs> listeners will know that we had, we did do a hot takes of history, MLK, several years back. So true. Um, but, you know what? I was like, I want to add to that history. I want to get some tidbits that are new to every listener out there. So that's mm. what I did. That's what I did. I got some tidbits, Mike, of the man, cool. the myth, the legend, MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, yes. Now, uh, I'm not just going to give you these tidbits, Mike. I'm going to give you a quiz. Okay. That's, I'm going to give you a quiz. Let's do it now, uh, Mike. I'm just don't fail worry, a Martin
1: Luther King quiz. Well, I was about to say, don't worry. <laughs> On the radio.
0: <laughs> You're under no obligation to get any of these correct. Nope. I, I will say before we start, your girlfriend did tell me she would leave you if you didn't get at least one of these correct. So oh. there is that. What? I'm I'm not sure why she said that or how she knew to contact me, or that she knew <laughs> that I was doing this quiz on the show, but I'm just telling you the info. That's it well, was weird. I don't blame her. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> <Yes! laughs> um Okay. Okay, here we go. And these are multiple choice, so you, you do okay. have a fighting chance of getting at least one. All right, cool. Okay, first question. MLK was an extremely gifted student in high school, college, and graduate school. But during undergrad, he received a C in what class? Hmm. A, biology. B, world history. C, public speaking. Or D, music theory. Hmm. 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 I'm going to go with music theory. <laughs> Incorrect. Public I was speaking. Say, ah, I was, knew it. So. Yeah, the one you ah, wouldn't think. The one you was, wouldn't think. Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder, I wonder when I saw that, I was like, I wonder if that teacher, like, because I, I would be the glory hog if I was that teacher. And people would, like, bring up Martin Luther King. I'd be like, you know, I gave him a C in public speaking. That was a method to motivate him. <laughs> so essentially, what I'm saying is, you'd never heard of MLK if it hadn't been for my public speaking class. I'm just saying, I know how to motivate mm. people. Nope. And you know, everybody would roll their eyes and go on. That's uh, that's that's what I would do. I don't know if this teacher, maybe the teacher didn't even remember. <laughs> I don't know. You know who? Hey, maybe he was just not great at it. I don't know. I don't think I th- I, I would find that hard to believe. I see I've seen a yeah. lot of his speeches. They're pretty moving you know yeah. unless all of a sudden he just had a a jump after college where he's like oh my god I'm all of a sudden amazing at this wow where did this Can come from Could have a warm up i don't know could yeah have to practice okay second question mlk didn't watch a lot of tv mainly you know cuz he was busy didn't really have any free mm-hmm. time but he was a big fan of one show so much that he even let his kids stay up late to watch it. What was that show? A, The Andy Griffith Show. B, Star Trek. C, Lost in Space. Or D, The Twilight Zone.
1: I'm going to go with The Andy Griffith Show. (laughs) B, Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek. Yeah. I didn't know it was out
0: that soon yeah he was a trekkie man it's wow hard to imagine mlk finishing his i have a dream speech and throwing up an old vulcan salute and being like live long and prosper you guys (laughs) like but apparently he was big into it It nice yeah
1: yeah Third I just didn't I didn't know Star Trek was that old of a show. I didn't know it, was that it old is,
0: of a show. yeah. Which wow. that, that uh, I, I didn't realize that really, I think, either, until uh uh William Shatner went to space and I realized how effing old William Shatner was. And I was like, Good yeah. Lord, when was Star Trek? And then I was like, Oh, it was in the sixties. <laughs> Good Lord, that guy wow. has been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, third question. MLK's most famous speech, the I Have a Dream speech, he gave on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in 1963. After reading the speech, who did he give the written draft of the speech to? A, John F. Kennedy. B, Malcolm X. C, his wife Coretta. D, a volunteer staff member volunteer staff member Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep i didn't know any other way i could cover that up it just looked too glaring of an answer i didn't know how to how but you are correct volunteer staff member you did i knew that i read that as like a fact yeah yeah george raveling george raveling a a volunteer staff member and he was uh he was a future college basketball coach he was literally Mm -hmm. a head basketball coach for like 40 years or not that long, 30 years. It was like from wow. the 60s to the 90s. But uh, yeah, he said, uh, Raveling said he's been offered millions of dollars for it. Like Yeah, he kept it. No, he still hasn't. He said it's staying yeah. in his family forever. I was like, nice. I mean, I was like, Good George, I, d- I don't want to, you know, I don't want to rain on your parade, but I feel like one of your one of your offspring is going to like betray you and be like, what, $30 million? Yeah, I'll give it to you for that. That <laughs> sounds good. Like, you can go back and haunt them if you want, George. That's fine. That's understandable. Uh, okay. MLK was known for giving speeches from 55, 1955 to 1968. How many speeches did Dr. King give? Hmm. A, 46, B, 490. C, 2,500. D, 4,000.
1: What was the. Uh, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with C on that one. Correct
0: again. Yes. yes. That was a <laughs> guess. Well, well you yeah, know, correct guess. Uh, 2,500 speeches. Yeah. 2,500 wow. speeches in less than 13 years. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely, and the even nuttier thing, this dude didn't mail in any one of those speeches. Nope. Like, he went hard in the paint on every single one of those. He was bringing the A game, like, I mean, yeah. you'd think there'd be like a speech in like Frankfurt, Kentucky on a Thursday morning, and he's like, ah, yeah, my throat's a little sore.
2: <laughs> crowd's
0: not really giving me the energy back. <laughs> I could be watching Star Trek reruns right now. This is But no. No. That dude was A game all the time. Or mm-hmm. C game if you ask his public speaker uh, speaking teacher. But the A game <laughs> all the time. 2500. That's crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. That's uh, a lot. Okay. Next question here. Sadly, MLK was shot and killed on April 4th, 1968 at the Lorraine Hotel in Memphis. How many people died at the Lorraine Hotel on April 4th, 1968? One, two, four, or eight? Um,
1: I'm going to go with two. I don't know why, but I think two. You are on a
0: roll, Mike. You are on a roll. Yes. Two is correct. So, the other person was not assassinated. The owner's wife of the hotel was so shocked by the assassination, she had a heart attack and died. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. Okay, last one. At MLK's funeral, who served as an usher? A, Malcolm X. B, Jim Brown. C Samuel L. Jackson. D. Wilt Chamberlain. Ooh. Um, well, I'm gonna go with the
1: wild one on this one. Wilt Chamberlain. Huh? Wild. Samuel yes. L. Jackson. Wow. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Isn't that wild?
2: Samuel is L. Wild.
0: Jackson. Like that was I saw a tweet about this. Um, you know, I fact-checked. I made sure it was correct. He actually wrote an essay about it in, like, some magazine about him being an usher. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, th- that puts in perspective how not long ago this was. Yeah. Like, how l- not long ago this civil rights struggle was. That Samuel L. Jackson, the dude that's known for Dave Chappelle skits of It's Good m- Beer was uh, Usher at MLK's funeral. It's crazy. He what was, was a the Mo- connection? Well, he's a Morehouse man. So he went to college at, at Morehouse, just like Martin Luther King. And uh, oh, there okay. there uh, ended up, uh, I forget. I, I didn't go through the whole end of the story because I didn't have time because I was making these awesome questions. Hmm. But you know what? I'm writing it down. I'm following up. I'll let you know the actual connection, how he got there. That's coming on the yeah. next show. Everybody, get really excited! Get really excited! But we all know now, Samuel L. Jackson, Usher, he also had a pretty, yeah. pretty awesome fro at that time. It's mm. pretty good. I don't which doubt I, that. Which you know, uh, I, I don't think he has the ability to grow it anymore. I don't no. think. I think it's pretty bald up there. Yeah. But regardless, pretty awesome movies. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Dad's a huge fan of him in Pulp Fiction. Big fan. Oh yeah, Amazing. big fan. He's not a uh, full life. Though, I mean, uh, full life of just movies. Good yeah, the Lord, and then everything. I mean, and the history guy was too. in Star like, Wars for God's sakes. Yeah. Come on, uh, Mike. Now that you know, the listeners know wild facts that you never knew about MLK, and we know your girlfriend is not leaving you. Are you ready <laughs> to fire the show up? Let's fire it up. Let's do it. Fire. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Yes. Yes, Mike. We have a fantastic show. We have Tom McLean, better known as Modern Nomad on the show. Fantastic musical artist out of Baltimore. He released some great music over this past year. He released an a EP and an album. Uh, we're going to talk to him later. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy
2: birthday, Mr. President.
0: This is a biggie, Mike. This Mm. is a biggie. Actually, this this date, honestly, we got a lot of biggies today. And the last one, I'm going to give you the option. I actually wrote up two. I'm going to let you choose which one you want to do. Okay. But, But this is not an option. The first one, not an option. Got (laughs) to do this one. Uh, Born in Pittman Center, Tennessee on January nineteenth, 1946, in a one-room cabin. She was the fourth of 12 children. Her birthday suit wearer was an entertainer from a young age. At the age of 10, she had started appearing on both TV and radio. At 13, she recorded a song called Puppy Love and appeared on the Grand Ole Opry. She signed a record deal when she was 19. In 1967, she released her first album. Also in 1967, she started working on the Porter Wagner Show. Over the next six years, our birthday Sue Ware and Wagner had six top ten country singles. By the start of the 1970s, our birthday suit wearer had many solo hits like Mule Skinner Blues, Joshua, and Jolene. Mm. In 1974, she decided to leave the Porter Wagner show, and she wrote a song to tell him this. The song was, I Will Always Love You. The song reached number one on the Billboard charts and reached number one again when Whitney Houston sang it in 1992. She won a Grammy in 1978 and started appearing in films as well. She released the song Working 9 to 5 in 1980, which became a number one hit. In 1986, she opened her own theme park in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It has been extremely successful, attracting 3 million visitors per year and has 150 acres and 9 roller coasters. Over her career, she has been an extremely philanthropic celebrity, as she has donated millions of dollars to HIV charities, cancer centers. She has a literacy program that mails books to children enrolled in the program that can't afford the books themselves. The program provides books to almost 850,000 children each month. She is a constant donor to the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. In 2020, she donated a million dollars to Vanderbilt School of Medicine, which is credited for helping fund the derna covid vaccine she has she's won 10 country music association awards she has 10 or 11 grammys which include a lifetime achievement award she is in the nashville songwriters hall of fame and she has several honorary doctorates name Mm. that birthday suit wearer. dolly parton (laughs) dolly parton is correct Yes. yes Fantastic man, Dolly Parton. She's a yeah boss. She's the best. She's a boss. I love her. She just got such like a she's got a roll with the punches attitude. And man, can she roll with some punches? She can do yeah, it. Yeah, she can. She just I mean, just take one room cabin, twelve children, twelve children, one room. God, I'd hate my my siblings. <laughs> man. Yeah, for sure. Twelve Too and many. A, now she's got eleven Grammys. And she, I mean, she could just sit back there with her cash and her awards, but nah, she's out there just being, just, just, just being a a donating philanthropic force. Yeah. Just, I mean, giving millions of dollars for the vaccine. Mm -hmm. You go, Dolly. You go. Love Dolly Parton. Turning, uh, 76, Mike. 76. she looks amazing. Does. For 76. She's always going to look amazing. It's Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, very, very happy to say happy birthday to Dolly Parton. Okay, Mike, are you ready? Rip some headlines. Let's rip them. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, a little story here out of Michigan. Uh, A 25-year-old man from Kalamazoo decided to jump his black Impala... Over a freeway.
1: Yes. Did you see this? No. Mm. (laughs) It sounds great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You were just saying yes as enthusiasm. Yes! I'm one in. Jump it. Jessica Sinclair actually saw this in real time. She put it Uh. on her Facebook page. That's where it really blew up here. Uh, She and her mother were driving by the overpass and saw, quote, someone Fully Dukes of Hazard jumped their car <laughs> up over the 142nd Bridge. Nice. Yes. Now, apparently the man that did the jumping uh, was taken to the hospital for a medical evaluation and a blood draw after troopers saw signs that he was intoxicated. Mm. Um, mm. I'm going to guess the signs of intoxication were that he tried to jump his car over a bridge. Mm. Probably... True. Probably That's one of them. Good indication. Uh, I, I do have to jump in, Mike, and say, I mean, this guy going going nutty. Uh, it, it didn't. Uh, everybody knows he wasn't going full Dukes of Hazard. Uh, he had a Chevy Impala. Dukes yeah. of Hazard was a Charger. Okay. Hmm. Come on now. That's a fact. And if you're gonna make those kind of jumps in your car, your car must be named after a racist general. It's facts. That's what happened in the show. That's obvious there. So that's why he was unsuccessful at his jump. Actually, there is footage of the jump. This guy oh, gets air. Watching it. Yeah, yeah. This guy gets air. I mean, he actually does, like, clear the highway. And, oh. I, I mean, after I watched the video, I got to say, I'm assuming he had more in his system than just alcohol. Because I don't think even alcohol would make you go, yeah, this is a good idea. Like, is <laughs> eh, something additional going on there? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, he's he seems to be okay. Uh, the jump was. I wonder was
1: if all he right. was. I wonder if he was listening to the uh, Dukes of Hazard soundtrack
0: when he made the jump. Just a good old boy. Yeah, he <laughs> was into it, man. He was in. Now, I, I, his car did not come out so good. But he, yeah. he apparently was okay. But his That's car, good. not so much. Um not so much. Mike, weird story out of London. John Zhao, a twenty-seven year old who lives on the sixth floor of an apartment building, woke up around five AM to some strange noises in his bedroom. He said, Quote, Ooh. I was asleep and woke up to the noise of something running around the bedroom. I was scared it might be a rat. But when I went to investigate, I found this little creature. And the little creature he found was a sugar glider. A sugar glider. That's awesome. A marsupial from Australia. Uh, Zal said, I didn't know it was a sugar glider, so I sent some uh, photos to friends, and they helped me identify it. Really? You didn't just look it up on Google? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I encourage, reverse image. <laughs> I encourage like, you know, hell, uh, asking a friend, but like, yeah, I don't feel like I'd annoy a friend at seven in the morning. Like, what the hell is this? And they'd be like, do you know it's seven in the morning, you turned. Just put it in a, a jar and figure it out later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so... Zhao went on to say, quote, I left the window open to the balcony, so he must have come from uh, outside. I guess he's someone's pet and flew into my flat from theirs. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, John Zhao is now uh, trying to get rid of the sugar glider, you know, asking, um, you know, folks uh, around in the building and uh, uh, adjoining buildings whether or not it's theirs. Um, but the big question I have, Mike, is I looked up the temperature at, at, uh, at 5 a.m. in London. It was 31 degrees. Ugh. Why the f- do you have your window open when it's freezing outside? What is hmm. what is John a polar bear? Like, why? <laughs> why is that open? I mean, just saying, if I'm a detective, Mike, I'm opening an investigation here. There's something fishy going on. I don't know why he has his window open at 5 a.m. in the winter in London. Doesn't make sense to me. when for Peter Pan. If, God damn. <laughs> man, I guess that's it. That it was, that was so London. <laughs> that, no, no. That is a... I'm putting it down as possible reasons, Mike. Investigation. <laughs> Peter Pan. Done. Um, Mike, next story. Are you... A super-recognizer. Hmm. No, I'm not. No? Do you know what a no. super-recognizer
1: is? Somebody who, like, memorizes faces their entire life. I should have I'm known
0: guessing. you would actually know what this <laughs> was, Mike. Yes. Yes. Apparently, Based on the definition. Or the well, word. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you... Uh, the title. That makes sense. Recognize, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Anyways. A super-recognizer <laughs> is a person that has a heightened ability to recognize faces they've seen before. So, uh, The Guardian had a story about Yeni uh, So, So, Uh, and she's been dubbed a super recognizer.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: Back in 2017, Dr. David White, a researcher from Australia, designed publicly available online screening tool to try to unearth the world's best... Super recognizers. That's right. So So, who was in her mid-20s at the time, gave it a go. And her score was high. So high that Dr. White invited her to come to Sydney for more testing. Say why? And over the past five years, Dr. David White's screening tool has tested over 100,000 people. Yenny So is still in the top 50 of anyone ever tested. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This sort mm. of inspired me, Mike. I felt like, you know what? Maybe I've got superpowers. Mm. Maybe. Okay. I should test myself. Yes. Well, Mike, I'm here to tell you, here and now, I screened myself to see if I was a super recognizer. And I can safely say I am not a super recognizer. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was I was in the 75th percentile. So, not great. Yeah, not
2: great. How do great. they
0: measure that? Um, so, basically, you just uh, match faces. So, there's, uh, like, two okay. sections. The first section oh. is they give you, uh, the, I think it's 20, 20 different faces, and you get, like, five seconds to look at them. And then they show you, like, 20 pictures after that and say, did you see this person? Hmm. But it's not the same picture. It's very different pictures of that same person. You know, it's like from different times in their life and different angles and different lighting. There's very, and I will say, a lot of these pictures, very, very grainy. Very grainy Mm. pictures. I was like, I mean, I I get the gist that you're, you're a super recognizer, so you should be able to look through these. But I was like, come on. 2022. We can get some better pictures. That's a fact. Let's do this. (laughs) But like, uh, yeah, then the second part is they give you a face to look at, and then they go to the next uh, screen, and they have four pictures, and you're supposed to decide out of those four pictures who's actually the person that you were looking at in the previous picture. Hmm. So it could be all four. It could be three. It could be two. It could be one. It could be Hmm. none. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I scored in the 75th percentile. So, I mean, you know, I was better than 75% of the uh, people that have tested, which I, I got to say, I was actually surprised at that. I, hmm. I honestly thought I would be, like, absolutely horrible at this game because I was back in the day when we would do this at the gym. You know, when I worked at the gym, we would find an ID. Somebody would, like, leave their ID in the gym, and then we'd be like, ah, oh, I got to find this person. I was absolutely horrible at that. So true. They'd be like, Ben, uh, do you do you see this guy in the gym? And I'd be like, uh, yeah, that, that's him in the corner over there. <laughs> and they'd be like, Ben, that's a cardboard cutout. And it's a cardboard cutout of a woman. And I'd be like, ah, close enough. I think that's the person. Go up and give him the ID. But 70, 75%, I gotta say, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. I mean, Yenny So uh, definitely kicked my you know, yeah, I, I did all right. I, 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 I I'm, I'd I'm fine that. with 75th percentile. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, Mike, next story here. You know who's worried about obesity? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Everybody, <laughs> <kind of> well, <laughs> it's definitely not the United States, right? We don't care. Nope. Um, no, we don't care, but apparently, Mexico is. Hmm. Apparently, they're pretty worried. Uh, they're especially concerned with obesity in children. Uh, A 2020 study found that uh, 73% of Mexico is overweight, which I do have to say, Wow, Mexico really really made some leaps and strides to get up with the leaders of the United States on that. You guys <laughs> guys are pushing us to be our best down there guys. <laughs> what? Um, but that led lawmakers in Mexico to ban sugary drinks and high-calorie snacks to children, and they proposed fines and closures to, uh, to stores that were breaking these rules. Yeah, mm. And legislation also banned products that contained marketing and cartoon mascots that are believed to be used as a marketing ploy to entice children. Yeah, yeah so everything... Uh, basically, yes, yeah. And apparently, they made good on that legislation this past week because officials in Mexico raided a warehouse north of Mexico City, seized 380,000 boxes of Kellogg cereal that reportedly breached the laws regarding cartoon mascots. Hmm. <laughs> and this included thousands of boxes of cornflakes and special K which as they mm. noticed uh, they they noted in the story doesn't carry high levels of sugar but it's got the uh, cartoons it's got the cartoons mm. yeah i mean first off mike i got to say kudos to to the mexican government for for cracking down on this mike that's i mean that's pretty that's yeah. pretty impressive but i i do think i do think confiscating cornflakes and special K might be I'd be taking it a little far. Like, yeah, but it, it falls under the jurisdiction of it the It does. Uh, the does cartoons. Letter of the law. I get it. I get yeah. it. But like, I've never seen anybody on the the show, my 600-pound life, say, well, I started eating Special K one day, and two years later, I woke up 650 pounds. Like, that's <laughs> Special K, man. I mean, have you ever t- tasted yeah. Special K? It's cardboard. That's gross. Come on. it's yeah. No, not it's fun. not going to do it. Not gonna do no marshmallows. Fun fact for the real lovers of the Doc G show, uh, they may remember this. Jake, former co-host of the show, Jake loved Special K. It was like one of Mm. his favorite cereals. He just loved sitting around eating a bowl of Special K. You know, Mm. yeah, sort of crazy, sort of crazy, man. Um, Mike, here's a a short one that goes sort of along with the uh, last story. Really interesting one out of China. And I think I need to stress this. This is a true story. This is a true story. Uh, McDonald's is trying something new in China. They replaced some of the seats in their restaurants with stationary bikes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The company said the bikes are part of the company's upcycle for good initiative, which promotes uh, sustainability. The exercise bikes generate electricity. And the company said oh. bikes serve as a mean of helping customers stay healthier and charging their phones and other things that use, use small amounts of electricity. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, Mike, I do feel like this is sort of like a whorehouse handing out abstinence pamphlets. <laughs> like, doesn't... I mean... Come on. You're McDonald's. Yeah. 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 I mean, if a person has made their way into a McDonald's, they're knee-deep in a bad decision. They're not gonna turn <laughs> that right into a wrong by exercising while they eat their bad decision. That's... Mm-hmm. Plus, I, I mean... Talk about, like, the least motivating thing to exercise. If I'm eating a McDonald's cheeseburger, there's, like, 0% chance I'm going to exercise in the next, like,
2: five (laughs) hours,
0: six hours.
1: Maybe even and if you longer. did, you would have to stay on the bike all day long anyways. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, depending I on mean, the
0: bike. I was about to say, depending but. on the resistance, just depending yeah. on your effort. But, I mean, let's be honest. Most Americans, it would take them two days to burn that cheeseburger off and be, <laughs> be there forever. That would be really depressing if there were, like, security guards that wouldn't let you off until you actually burned the calories. Like, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. You got like no. 300 You got 300 more calories to go, buddy. Set set back down. Get it. Get it. People are crying, throwing up their burger, <laughs> trying to leave. Ah, just let me go. Oh, man. I got a feeling, Mike, we'll never see that in America. Nope. I'm just going to go no. ahead and say that that initiative will stop right where it is. That yeah. America is not going to take that encroaching on their freedom. No way. You are but, not going to try to make me exercise. You uh, could put, like, you know, they got the playground
1: for the kids. You could yeah. put, like, a gym outside of McDonald's, and maybe, hey, we have a good time at the gym. Craig
0: no, some iron, work. sort of Venice Beach <laughs> style, just, <Yeah>. just <laughs> overweight bros just taking their shirts off before they go into McDonald's, getting greased up with some flexing, and then, all right, let's go in there and eat this Big Mac. Yeah! Woo! Uh, Mike, let's take Mick Jim. Yeah, right, that's I'm right, Mick Jim. <laughs> Mick Jim. No, no, no. I'm putting it down too. We're, we're sending in that two McDonald's. I'm sure they already had it. We did talk a long time ago on the show about the Mick Pizza. They used to have mm. a pizza, uh, and there were yeah. at the time. I don't think they. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow up on that too. That's a good one to follow up on. um There were only two places in America. Uh, The non-franchise McDonald's that still served the McPizza. And it probably Mm. won't surprise you that one of those places was West Virginia where they had the McPizza. I mean, Mm. you know, just fits, right? You're like, West Virginia, McPizza. (laughs) Anyways, Mike, let's (laughs) take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, Modern Nomad. This is Electrify right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you need to do so. Doesn't matter where you subscribe. Nope. You can subscribe on any one of the platforms. I will get the notice and I will feel better about myself. That's a fact. Less depressed. It will make me feel so much better. <laughs> I added a T to that depressed for some reason. I said depressed. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. Do, uh, don't not subscribe to the show because I said depressed, guys. That's not what? a reason to slight me. I will correct my mistakes on the air. You will feel better about it. I don't know <laughs> why why that would help anything. But regardless, nope. Uh, subscribe to the show that's that's my end result mike that wasn't a good mm-hmm. pitch and i don't think anyone will listen to the show because of that pitch but you know what <laughs> got to throw it out there anyways anyways mike we got to thank the regulars the regulars are back again i felt so good looking at the numbers this past week because everybody came back from our break i was like oh they're back listening to the show they didn't give up to it, give up on us over the break so nice so nice so here we go yeah. Regulars. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Peoria, Illinois, Boardman, Oregon, Citrus Heights, California, Frankfurt, Germany, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Barcelona, Spain, Richardson, Texas, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Katy, Texas, Piracai, Brazil, Oxford, Mississippi, Genoa, Italy, Winfield, West Virginia, Frisco, Texas, and Anoka, Minnesota. Yes.
2: Shout yeah. out. Yeah,
0: man. I'll tell you. As you well know, Mike, always very happy about the international listeners. I would like mm-hmm. to see a couple more Asian representation. You know, a couple more. Yeah. Couple more countries in Asia. I mean, we've got mm-hmm. we've got Europe pretty good. We've got. I mean, we've got yeah. Germany. We've got Barcelona. We've got Dublin. We got Genoa. I mean, we got we got a couple countries going there, and then we got South America, Brazil coming mm-hmm. in hard for us there. That's nice. I'd like a little Africa and Asia if we could. Yeah, you know? tough markets. Yeah, tough markets. We're going to get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Semi-regulars. Shout out to Lincolnton, North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, Vancouver, Washington, Boulder, Colorado, Atlanta, Georgia, Bozeman, Montana, Los Angeles, California, Gosford, Australia, New Orleans, Louisiana, Stuttgart, Germany, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Ooh. Ottawa, Canada, and Union, New Jersey. Yes. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, Mike: Lincolnton, North Carolina, not named after Abraham Lincoln. Nope. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the same name. <laughs> named Lincoln. after Benjamin Lincoln. Benjamin. Mm-hmm.
2: Benjamin who, Lincoln,
0: who was a uh, who was a um, a general in the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But I still feel Benjamin like Benjamin Lincoln. Yeah. It's a great mm-hmm. name. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm biased on Benjamin, but, you know, uh, I mean, True. just in general, pretty good name. Pretty good name. But it's a downer for the people in Lincolnton, because I feel like, you know, everybody's going to ask you, like, so, named after and- uh, Abraham Lincoln, and you're like, nope, Benjamin. Who? Sort of like, you know, your your town is Jordan Town, and they're like, named after Michael Jordan? You're like, nope, Fred Jordan that's <laughs> this town is fred jordan like just ridiculous My, mike i need to open up the miscellaneous file real quick um okay. have you seen the remake of fresh prince Word. did you know this was a thing no yeah did not yeah there's a, a remake coming out on peacock i don't know if they've actually like put out shows yet but they've been advertising it a lot. A remake, and it's supposed to be like a dramatic remake. Like it's, ah. it's like not funny. And I was just like, what? Who's watching a not funny Fresh Prince? It's horrible. Um, but you know what? After this, I got a little bit tired of them recreating shows. I was just like going over the list. I was like, good Lord. Is there anything yeah. they haven't remade? Jesus. Like Saved by the Bell top gun 21 jump street like if there's a show or a movie that was pretty successful probably redid it karate kid they just everything but i was thinking they are missing the best opportunity and it's not actually a remake of the show you want to know what it is what is it that 90s show that cool. 90s show, like That 70s show, uh, where yeah. you have the kids of Donna and Eric from That 70s show in That 90s show. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. it's a great idea. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, if you're in Hollywood, go ahead and steal that uh, idea, guys. You can. I'm fine with it. And if you actually come out with that show, I'll take credit for it every single time I see it. That's, uh, <laughs> I will go back to this day on the doc g show and say go back and look at january nineteenth, twenty 2022 show i said that needed to be a thing it's just uh i think it's a great opportunity they should think about yeah it. they should think about it mike we follow up things on the doc g show and i'm here to tell you we've got some things to follow up awesome on. yep love the follow-ups yep it's time for previously on the doc g show Previously on the Doc G Show. So, uh, Mike, the lady that threw her kid in the trunk uh, to protect herself from COVID. uh, Apparently, nothing happened to this lady. (laughs) Uh, So, apparently, in Texas, everybody was just fans of her. Huh? So, uh, first of all, after this happened and this spread across the country, uh, her neighbors covered her house in posters of support. Word. There were statements that were like, we appreciate you, a teacher with a heart of gold, and never judge a book by its cover. What? Hmm. What? What? Really? Really? I've never read a book that the title was she threw her kids in the trunk and then the, the book was actually about a good lady. I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> seems weird. But I just like, really? I mean, she can be a great person and then still do something really not smart. Like, I mean, you don't throw your kid in the trunk. Then she went to, went to court. Judge was like, nah, I'm good. Dismiss the case. What? Wow. Really? Wow. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's a follow up. Hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Just to let you know. Yeah, I was completely wrong. Uh, I thought uh, you know, child services and the police would uh, lock her up and throw away the key, and apparently they're like, pass. So true. That's cool. Nah. we're not interested. That's fine. Um. Okay, Mike. I tried to follow up on the very <laughs> important story, uh, of our naked man at the car max. Still don't have any answers. Girl, come on. Still, no reason why he got naked. Tried to find one. Tried to find a newer story, nothing. I did find one newer story that actually posed my question that they were like, there's no reason why he got naked and no one knows. And I was like, yes, I don't either. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> so um, I may have to go to the penitentiary and ask Horace Samuels himself. You know, you may just have to take a trip up to Pennsylvania and be like, why? We have another interview. Why, Horace? Why did you feel the need to get naked? And, I mean, who knows? He could give us a response, and I'll be like, that totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I All can right. can that. That, That's <laughs> validated. I'm not going to, no, no further questions. Um, I've got one more follow-up, but it's also attached to our birthday suit, so that's going to be until after the break, Mike. we got one other one to follow okay. up on. Um, Mike, now, before we go to break, I've got two stories. These two stories I'm, I'm very, uh, very happy with. Uh, Mike, interesting story out of Chicago. So a drunk off-duty cop got in a fight with a guy about using the bathroom, and uh, the cop ended up shooting three people with one bullet. Word. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Kaiwan Tate, uh, he was at the Old Burr... Oak Bowling Alley. Burr Oak Bowling Alley. And apparently Tate, for some unknown reason, this is again a question here, uh, he was guarding the bathroom door when his sister was using the bathroom. So I guess maybe, I don't know, the lock didn't work or something? I don't know. Uh, Probably. But a 46-year-old man tried to use the bathroom. And uh, Tate was like, no, not going to use the bathroom. Uh, There was some shoving and some name-calling. And then the 46-year-old man went to his car... Started the car to warm it, but then came back up into the uh, 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 bowling alley to use the bathroom before he left. But uh, Tate still was there, and uh, he wouldn't let him use the bathroom. Hmm. And apparently, by this time, the sister did come out. And when she came out, uh, Tate had lifted his sweater to show the man he had a holstered gun. Jeez. Then, he took the gun out and handed it to his sister and started fighting with the man hand to hand. Uh, The (laughs) 46-year-old started to walk away, but Tate took his gun back from his sister and aimed it at this man's head. And he fired the Hmm. bullet, which shot through the man's ear, then hit a 52-year-old man in the chest, and it came out his back and hit a 33-year-old manager of the bowling alley in the hand where it became lodged. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's wild. First of all, not saying it's the 46-year-old dude's fault at all, but as soon as drunk Kaiwan Tate showed me his gun... I would have bowed out of that altercation real fast. Real fast. I'd be like, you know what? You win. Yeah. I don't have to pee. You know what? I see I've underestimated your crazy level, sir. So true. Uh, feel free to tell whoever you want to go in or out of the bathroom. Sounds good. I will be on my way, sir. Like that's Second, I know bullets are high-powered, but that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's... One bullet, three people hit. Yeah. And how sucky is that for the manager? Like, first of all, you're a manager of a bowling alley. That sucks enough. Wham. Then a fight breaks mm-hmm. out on your shift at the bowling alley. That definitely sucks more. Blam. Then you get shot in your hand. Wham. And not only do you get shot in your hand, but you get the bullet sloppy thirds. You've got the blood of two other dudes on a bullet that's lodged in your hand, and you still work at a bowling alley. That sucks. Wham. Yeah. Feel like we need to write that guy to get well soon card. That's that is no fun. I feel bad. Well, and I mean, obviously, the guy that got shot in the chest—that's no good either. He's—he uh, seems yeah. to. Yeah. How did
1: it get through him and hit the
0: other guy? It's crazy. I mean, like an ear—you can get that. Obviously, I can see the ear. Yeah, you can yeah. see the ear. But the whole torso, uh, the whole yeah. torso, just rip right through that Ugh. thing. Man. Man, crazy. Uh, Mike, exciting news. Last story here. We need to celebrate a birthday.
2: Say what?
0: We need to celebrate Jonathan's birthday. Jonathan is from uh, the British territory, St. Helena Island, which is a tiny Mm. island in the South Atlantic. Jonathan is believed to be 190 years old. Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, if you haven't figured out yet, listeners, Jonathan isn't a human. Um, Jonathan (laughs) is a tortoise. 190 as a tortoise. That's right. The uh, St. Helena Island government says that Jonathan (laughs) was at least 50 years old when he arrived on the island in 1882. Man. Yeah. What's a secret? 1880. Step back and think about that, listeners. This tortoise is older, literally, than half of the United States of America. That's a fact. This tortoise has been alive longer than Florida has been a state. That's a fact. What? What? It's crazy. It's crazy. So this story goes on to say Jonathan is blind, and he's lost his sense of smell, but eats well when hand-fed hand by his veterinarian team. Yes! So, and uh, veterinarian John Holland said, Jonathan is still active and often enjoys company of fellow giant tortoises, David, Emma, and Fred. Yep. Yep. Now, <laughs> now this is my favorite part of the story, Mike. Let me, let me, the, they end the story by quoting the veterinarian Joe Holland. They say, quote, In spite of his age, Jonathan still has a good libido and is seen frequently to mate with Emma. And sometimes Fred. Animals Hmm. are often not particularly gender-sensitive. Hmm. He is blind. That's how they end the story with Jonathan. (laughs) And I mean, when you think about it, Mike, isn't that what we all want out of life? Yes! I mean live until we're 190 years old and still horny enough that we'll bone our friend fred yep. huh for sure huh? like come on 190 and who cares if they're in front of me i'm going for it that's yeah <laughs> shout out to jonathan you keep living that island life for another 190 do it do it Jonathan. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than the fantastic Modern Nomad right here on the Doc G Show.
2: This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLP-FM, UNF Jacksonville.
0: The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. welcome back to the show everybody today we are super excited to have a songwriter and musician fantastic tom mclean better known as modern nomad tom how you doing today
3: hey what's up ben i'm doing uh doing just fine It's yes. a little cold here, not, a little cold here in maryland about 20 degrees but it's uh, trying to trying to stay warm yeah. we're mm. gonna be like 10 degrees tomorrow so mm. Mm. Yeah. No, no, not
0: not for me not for me in yeah. florida no
3: yeah nope yeah <laughs> You got it nice. You got it nice.
0: Uh, well, you you got a show coming up, hopefully at the end of the week there, uh, in yeah. the hometown of Baltimore with Riley Walker at the Creative yeah. Alliance. And I was, I was checking it out. I've never been there. That's got to be a pretty cool place to play. Have you got to play there before?
2: Yes,
3: I played there. Um, not with... I was playing in my friend's band. Uh, I play keys uh, for my friend Allison. She has a group called Peach Face. Mm-hmm. Another awesome uh, Baltimore
2: mm-hmm. artist stuff.
3: And yeah, Creative Alliance is really awesome. Um, it's like a... Kind of like a small theater space Mm -hmm. it's not built-in theater seating it's like removable chairs and stuff but there's risers so like there's kind of different levels and they can pull them off or it can be standing or seating the sound's really great very Um, nice and it's also uh, art space so they have like art art galleries and art shows and stuff and um they have artists like living above the space as well like a little residency yeah very nice Yeah, yeah it looked
0: it looked very creative when I was looking yeah. at the when I was looking at the website, uh, yeah. which what's your favorite place since you've been in Baltimore your your whole life? What's your favorite place to play so far?
3: Yeah, um, funny enough, definitely not. I love having good sound, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice big stage, big PA. Um, so like Ramshead Live and Soundstage uh, are great for that. But I think my favorite place, uh, which we haven't played in a while, is called the Crown. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just a little dive bar, kind of not really though, but it's kind of just it has two rooms, the red room and the blue room. And they usually have two shows going on at the same time. Um, and you can go in and there's like an indie show and you go in to the other room and it's like a dance party or something. So that place is play, but, uh, haven't played there since like maybe 2018. Mm -hmm. So pandemic ruined it. Huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool little spots like that in Baltimore. Um, like nothing too fancy on like the, the stage side, I guess like production value, but just a cool spot. Uh, cool people coming out and just nice nice well
0: i i I, it wouldn't be a doc g interview i've got to ask this because i ask everybody because i'm a bit of a foodie and Mm -hmm. if if i come to baltimore and i and Mm -hmm. i call you up and i go tom i need a place to eat man
3: where are Mm -hmm. you going to tell me i should eat where's my go-to okay so first thing that pops into my uh my mind there's this place called uh ekibin Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a korean american fusion Mm -hmm. spot um so they have, they have this, uh, it's called the neighborhood bird sandwich. It's like a fried chicken sandwich with this spicy, like Korean style sauce. And they, and they make their homemade, uh, uh, sticky buns, like the Ooh. white sticky buns. Oh my gosh. It's And they have like, a uh, pickled onions and like different sides like that and stuff. Oh, it's so good. That sounds so that, good. I,
2: yeah.
0: That, <laughs> yeah. That sounds yeah. real good. That's, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've been to Baltimore. I grew up in Virginia, so I've been to Baltimore oh. sometimes. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I, I thought of two places when I was thinking of Baltimore. I, never, I don't know if you have ever been uh Di Pasquale's uh Italian uh market. Okay,
3: yeah. I have heard of that spot, spot I think. I haven't I never been though. It's killer lasagna. So good.
0: Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. And then and then McGurk's cheesesteak.
3: McGurk? Yeah. Yeah, there's a McGurk. I think there's one in a there's one in downtown Baltimore. Yeah. And then there's, there's also one. So I'm not in the city. I'm like 30, 40 minutes outside yeah. of the city. But uh, there's actually a McGurk's right down the street from me. Nice. And Jamie, my manager, uh, we go there for the cheesesteaks all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. We go as far uh, as getting that for a little appetizer, getting the uh, the cheesesteak egg rolls and mm. then getting the cheesesteaks. So Just, we do a little, <laughs> kinda, we double down a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Wade into the water of cheesesteaks.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like it well yeah let's uh let's jump into the music so you yeah. started making music as modern nomad it was, it was a while ago you've been doing it uh about eight years or so
3: yeah yeah just about like uh 20 so modern nomad yeah 2015 i nice. put out my first my first little album uh and a couple years before that i was making music yeah kinda, that, that, uh, i mean i'm still learning obviously but um 2013 is when i got my first uh little recording set up and was just recording like Beatles covers and well, trying to write little little love pop songs and stuff uh
0: I was about but, uh, to say I've he- I've heard you say in a bunch of interviews Beatles were the reason you got into music yeah. Uh, yeah. into recording music how yeah. how did uh, when did you start playing and how did
3: the Beatles work their way into your life Yeah and I I know that's a, such a kind of a cliche for a, <laughs> a lot of artists and songwriters but I cannot I can honestly say like if I didn't discover them or in that time period or if they did, like, I probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't be doing anything music related because uh, I've always had guitars around my house. My stepdad is a guitar player and I would pick it up and, you know, try to play like Smells Like Teen Spirit or whatever. Um, but I came across the Beatles, I think just, I mean, I, I obviously knew who they were. Um, never really listened to them and just one day decided to kind of dive in. And uh, from then on became like pretty uh, obsessed. <laughs> some might call it um, for like two, one or two years of my life. I've pretty much only listened to them and uh, went from their early stuff all the way to the late stuff um, actually went in chronological order, not on purpose, but just because I heard their early stuff, like their first album, you know, Twist and Shout and all those early songs. And like um, you progressed with them. Yeah, yeah, sure. And something about their early, just rock and roll, like so much energy in that music and just like the songwriting, it was like, um, no, you know, looking back now, it's not simple songwriting, but they sound like, you know, oh, verse, chorus. Mm -hmm. It's a love song. Cool. Like, here it is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, and then I obviously discovered all their solo stuff.
0: Can you choose a favorite Beatle? Do you have a favorite Beatle?
3: After after watching that uh the new get back documentary, I'd I'd have to say it's it's Ringo, because he he was he was uh like seemed like the most lax and didn't really but uh no I I can't say Ringo. I I, I love love your Ringo, but I would I'd probably say um uh, probably Paul, Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. And I always looked at um John Lennon as like the uh you know the artsy one, the like the the guy who was, you know doing all the experimentation and stuff and then I read a a book by their engineer Jeff Emmerich and it actually um, described like the opposite of that. John was the one living in the suburbs you know watching cartoons and doing who knows what while Paul was like the one who he lived like in an apartment right next to the studio I think and was in like downtown going to all like these art showings and all this stuff finding out like new kind of avant-garde kind of music's bringing that to the table so once i discovered that i was like hmm maybe maybe paul was maybe paul was the was the one
0: yeah well you know it's it's uh, i i see a whole lot of similarity between john lennon and uh and kurt cobain i mean he he loved him and it was one of those things that both of them it was this they had a super drive to be different to be that sort of art guy but at the same time they wanted to be like the cliche pop star at the same time they they drove hard to be that and so it was always this like conflict in them of those two sides but yeah yeah it's uh do, i guess since you already mentioned
3: it you did watch the get back documentary oh yeah yeah nice. <laughs>
2: i've
3: probably watched it i've watched it twice so far <laughs> um and then we'll, we'll turn on a random episode and uh kind of just flip through it go to like the middle of like the second episode or whatever just put it on while I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> I know l-
0: listeners are probably thinking right now because I had a I had a guest on uh, about a month ago and I asked him a huge Beatles fan too and I was like you watch to get back and he's like yeah you got it. And I was like I I will. I still haven't. I need to do yeah. it. I just I Girl, I still haven't done it. It's just one of those yeah. things that it's I know it's going to be good but I just yeah. I got to be in that ready to ready to totally. watch it
3: you know it's a, it's a huge commitment it's like 7 or 8 hours total
0: well that was that was the same thing like I'm a huge I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan and when the last dance came out like that that commitment to it I was like I got I, I got to be fully ready to take this on you guys right. I got to right. you know and and it was worth it so hopefully yeah. the Beatles will be worth it on this this go around so far I've heard no negatives as far as that review uh, so well speaking along with uh inspiration I saw just a couple of Instagram posts uh ago you had a Harry Nilsson uh uh post did you find yeah. Harry through the
3: Beatles um that's a good question I think I discovered Harry um oh my gosh I've never really thought about this um <laughs> I think I just came across him one day mm. uh, or there was a his documentary came up on Amazon I, I oh you know what I think it was um I was watching, of course, a, a Beatles documentary, and it mm-hmm. was like a uh, recommended afterwards. And I was like, "Who was Harry Nielsen? And I was like, "He look kind of looks like a cool dude." And then yeah. turned it on, and then discovered his relationship with all the Beatles and his songwriting and stuff, and how he never toured and all this stuff. And he's a uh, yeah, it's interesting because I write songs. I'm a songwriter, but I'm also the, an artist too. Yeah, and he was the same way. Like, so he's kind of a big inspiration for his. Uh, He's a big inspiration of mine for his like career how he how he kind of went through his career as a songwriter but also put out his own records Mm -hmm. and uh i don't want to say i i never want to tour because i i do if if the opportunity comes and you know it's a good i i I don't want to force that kind of thing touring or whatever but uh you love the studio yeah i love writing i love producing and i just love making making songs yeah Um, yeah so so and that's what he did and um he at that time, doing it without the internet and everything, uh, it's really crazy how successful he was without playing live shows. For um, sure, so that's an inspiration in and of itself, kind of. But
0: for sure, I, I just I, I love you know Three Dog Night one like his. Mm. I mean, that's such a such. I mean, you know, they add their own flair
3: on it, but yeah, he's got yeah. you have. Do you have a favorite song of his? Um, that one sticks out definitely. Uh, the "Got to Get Up" mm. sticks out. Um, nice, and then. His record, uh, "Aerial Ballet." There's a lot of good ones on there. Mister Mister Richardson's favorite song is a good one. Yeah, Um, actually, just just playing that one uh, a couple minutes before we joined because it's uh, (laughs) ironically enough, I uh, got on Instagram today and saw his account posted. It's like his uh, he died on this day, uh, I think fifty two years ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, had had to do it in honor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So nice, and uh, it's cool because his uh. His one of his daughters runs all of his social accounts and mm. uh, especially on TikTok I'll just be scrolling through and she will spend like three minutes telling like a fantastic story about him so uh, it's cool that that she kind of does that kind of thing oh but for, sure. for more, sure more people need to know about Harry <laughs> for sure
0: for sure well uh your career like you mentioned a while back you your first album came out back in 2015 mm-hmm. and you've had sort of three albums since then uh, EP there Uh what what do you think when you go back now? Because obviously a lot's happened in your career as an artist. What do you, yeah. when you listen to, when you listen to that first album Road Trip,
3: what do you think? Uh, that was, you know, like, like I said earlier, I'm still learning every every time I get on the computer and or sit down and write a song or produce or whatever. But that was the true, like, me not knowing anything, <laughs> not knowing what, <laughs> barely knowing how to, like, like plug a mic into an interface and getting the right level um that was me just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and kind of seeing what stuck um me kind of just being an innocent (laughs) uh songwriter artist not yet not really knowing not knowing anything at that time and just making making songs for um the love of making songs which i still do to this day but you know the more you learn and the more you go through it you know added factors you know kind of
0: uh, do, do you still go back to some of those earlier songs and and just go, ah, that was a
3: that was a cool hook or like oh that was a, yeah. that was a cool melody? Yeah, totally. Um, and it's funny because it's either that like dang I wish I like, <laughs> like like I could learn a thing or two from this song now or I hear something and I'm just like oh, cringe just like oh. <laughs> like. Oh. But uh, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, t- yeah absolutely, absolutely, and it's cool because um. Even now with some of the newer stuff, like uh, the last EP or, or album, mm-hmm. like I still haven't really gone back after they have been released and sat down with them and listen now. Um, which maybe when we hang up, on this maybe <laughs> I'll go do. Um, oh well, that, that that's not true. With uh, with Bardo, I listened to it on vinyl when when we gotcha. got those. In, so I did that, but uh, but it's always interesting to go back and and listen. Cause yeah, let it sit there. It, yeah. yeah when you're when you're creating it in that headspace and you're listening it's completely different than you know two years when it's already out you go back and you listen and for sure uh, yeah and, and and oftentimes i will hear the song like the lyrics in a new light or they mean something completely different to me now or at the time i was just writing you know a silly little love song mm. um and then now like it, it applies to me or it makes <laughs> sense or i'm like oh like this this is what i was talking about so, so that's really cool when when someone like that happens
0: oh for sure well you now uh after the the, the first album there uh, in 2018 i you know took a look at spotify and uh the single all i've got it, it exploded on spotify yeah. you know it's got yeah. millions of streams uh yeah. and obviously spotify has you know playlists and algorithms and like right. But I always have to ask artists this because it would it would drive me crazy if I were you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked yeah. at that song versus my other work and I'm like, what? Why, yeah. why this one? Why
3: do you ever ask yourself like, what's going on with this song versus everything else? Yeah, that's if I knew the answer that then <laughs> like if I knew how to dissect it in that way, then that would be like, you know, that's uh, yeah, that's. The- that's the gold mine, kind of but uh (laughs) funny enough with that with that song that one um was just recorded in a couple of hours on my laptop uh that i just mixed it real quick put it out like that song probably is one of the the ones that i've put the least thought into (laughs) like before as far as like promotion or um yeah the song felt good i thought it sounded good i put it out yeah Um, and of course you know when something like that happens you're like well what like what does that have that this one doesn't? Right. And like you said, the Spotify algorithm and all that stuff is probably the answer, but um that's another piece that can be frustrating. Yeah. Like, know. you know, I put out a song now and I'm like, this song to me is, you know, 10 times quote better. You know, that's mm-hmm. all relevant anyway. But it's like, oh, why didn't that one do it? But mm-hmm. do you silo, do you silo do you have to silo
0: yourself now as far as like thinking that because i feel like it would infiltrate my creation
3: you know yeah i definitely try not to think about that kind of stuff um at least when i'm creating it once i have the song and i go oh this could be good maybe for like i can see this being on this playlist or something like that that's Mm -hmm. one thing but when you're actually making it i try to stay completely um objective and just kind of yeah try not to think about anything else which these days is getting a little harder <laughs> because you have all like, especially with like TikTok now and stuff too. Oh um, yeah, that's a whole yeah. Um, been getting into that a little bit, but um, it's I wild. Just, it, it's yeah. It's, I just want to make songs, <laughs> you know. Like it's
0: wild how how TikTok can can influence the. I mean, yeah. we had we had a guy on the show, Sam Tinesse, uh, who's who's been making music for a good while. And you know he's 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 older a good deal older than you. I think he's forty two or something along those lines. Um, But he you know he never like he has a TikTok. He was like yeah I got a TikTok. I've got like three posts on it. And he like one of his songs "Play with Fire" got on TikTok, and you know it became one of the songs that people were using for creating these videos. And all of a sudden yeah. he said, he was like, my streaming started coming in. And I was like getting like 600,000 streams on that song a day. And I'm like, where's this coming yeah. from? What is going on? Right. You know, so it's, it's, it is definitely wild how
3: that can happen. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. Last thing about TikTok. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the, you see, I'll see like a, an artist who is promoting a song and, or if it blows off on TikTok and then they post a video, like playing our first show this weekend so it's like reverse even more reverse with like the TikTok thing it's like you know you have a song blow up and then you do everything else versus like you do everything and then one of your songs th- does well and you already have all this stuff mm-hmm. in the bag to excel um
0: well that's you know we we had we had a group uh on the the show that sort of got their popularity from TikTok, and that's what i asked them because They've got like 5 million followers on TikTok, but then wow. their Spotify is like, you know, like 40,000, 50, it's, it's, it, it, it's a good, it's a, it's a good following, but it's not yeah. anywhere right. close to that tick. And I was like, does that annoy you guys? Cause it annoy right. me. I'd be on TikTok like, Hey, we're artists, go check right. out our music. That's what we're right. doing. So it's, it's gotta be tough as the artist just to right. balance that with your creativity.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so you released, like we mentioned, you, you had an EP and an album this year, all in twenty twenty one. You had Bardo come out in May and you had uh There it is, there you are in October, uh just mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. Yeah. I I'm gonna guess the, the pandemic gave you more
3: time to
0: write. Yeah.
3: More no. time to write, record, uh, be by myself. Um and yeah, I mean that's pretty much pretty much Spot on. I just had a lot of time. Uh, uh, A lot of the Bardo stuff was... Some of those songs I actually started maybe a little before the pandemic and then finished them off and then completed it, made the EP. And then the album, uh, I guess... I guess all those songs you can put into one pool. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to finish the Bardo ones first. You know, picked uh, picked and choose um, which ones I felt. Could live together nicely on a project um and then did the same thing for for the album um but yeah pretty much had a a lot of time to write record um just had a a lot of stuff on the hard drive
0: i saw you mention that about bardo as far as uh you know there's about a year in between where you released it and where you said you finished up those those songs was that mainly you know production and deciding which ones you liked or why why the year
2: yeah well
3: Kind. I like to. Um, if I'm doing a project like that, mm-hmm. I do kind of like to have the songs, and I will be like working on them, tweaking them, and then it goes into mixing, which can take some time, um, and then mastering, and then you have the album, and then you got to come up with some kind of plan. Um, and so I think that's where the t- that time uh, that timeline kind of came into play. You know, mm-hmm. with a single or something, you can finish it. Be like, oh, I like this. This feels good. Let's just put it out see what happens but with the project um i do kind of like to i guess sit on it for a little bit make sure make sure it it feels as good uh as it does now and you know four months down the line for sure so yeah for sure now uh you
0: mentioned it a little bit earlier i noticed though over 2021 once you started playing shows again you did have several shows with peach face there uh that you, you you were playing with her Uh, Yeah. How how long have you been playing? You know,
3: playing keys with her, and 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 how did you start playing? Yeah, um, Allison is a one a great friend of mine. Mm. Um, And she was usually her live set would be her. um, She does this really cool thing where she does live looping vocal loops. Mm. So she has a loop pedal that she loops her vocals and builds kind of the track that way, and then has like a guitar player play with her, or she plays the backing tracks with like a live bass guitar. Um, but she got the chance to play Firefly Music Festival in uh, Delaware, which is uh, one of the one of the big festivals. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "I want a full band to do this." So, probably back in the show was September, maybe May or June mm-hmm. uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we started rehearsing with her, and that's how I started playing uh, playing keys with her. And then we had a couple other shows, uh, like we played at Creative Lines, like I was talking about. And uh, yeah, then we had the big one, Firefly, which was really such a cool experience to play at one of those big festivals that Um, was on main stage right main stage yep uh we were supposed to play on thursday um but it ended up raining Mm. and we got canceled which was a huge bummer but we're we're all local Mm -hmm. so well delaware is like about i think it's like an hour hour and a half um and we were camping at the artist campground so we planned on being there all weekend anyway Mm -hmm. because we had we had access and everything Mm -hmm. and uh show got canceled on thursday we stuck around and in hopes that we would be rescheduled uh we ended up doing like a live we went live on instagram in Mm. in our green room Mm and did this whole little thing and like i got a lot of people going to it she we got a lot of people um tagging firefly like you got to reschedule peach face all this stuff and they ended up doing it for saturday nice on the same stage uh which was awesome and then we ended up T- tame impala was on that stage that night so it was really cool pulling up to the stage on saturday oh for seeing, sure uh seeing all their gear their their huge light rig and then all, <laughs> all their uh, their stage plot was all taped off and it was like tame impala <laughs> and then you know eight hours later we're all like front row yeah um, watching t- we're like we were on that stage today like that's pretty crazy <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah. uh we we actually i
0: noticed there were a couple of uh couple of our former guests that were on that show too. Michigander, uh, which we had oh. on the show. And oh
3: nice.
0: Yeah. And uh Missio. Both of those uh groups got th- both both great performers. I don't know if you yeah. got to see them.
3: well uh, Michigander, I actually uh know Jake, uh the guitar player who who tours with them. Uh he played in one of my other friends' bands called Ahala and that's how I, I met him. Nice uh, but we actually met up with them uh the day that we were supposed to play. We were yeah. supposed to play on Thursday. Yeah. Um, they were they were on tour so they ended up having just they got canceled. Um or the show got canceled and then they had to just go to the next Keep show. Going. So they, yeah. Yeah. So didn't get to see them, but um super nice dudes. Oh, really for nice. sure. For yeah. sure. Well I, I was noticing on that on the
0: actual I went back and I watched the the live like you were saying in the in the green room there, that live show. Man, John Tyler he can he can work that oh, neck man. of the guitar,
3: man. John Tyler is a legend. Yeah. That he is probably one of the one of the hardest working uh musicians that I know. And uh no in general and especially in Baltimore, the, that guy is just always playing gigs, always writing, um, can absolutely shred like no other. Yeah. I was about <laughs> yeah. to say, man, he he was going up and down that neck. I was like, "Geez. That is Yeah. He's
0: making yep.
2: moves.
3: Yep. And it's a uh, we would we'd, we'd have rehearsal, and uh he he could just play he could just play anything. He could just play anything at any given time and we'd be like, "Oh, that sounded really crazy. Like, you didn't play that the last time we just rehearsed. Like, that was cool." And then the next time he'd do something even cooler. you like, "Whoa, that was cool too." And then the you know, the show and then he's just flawed. I don't know. That that guy that guy can play. Nice.
0: Nice. Well, you you also you also play with uh not Charles. You do a, a good amount of collaborations with him. You yeah. guys released uh, uh, on and on uh, this year. You guys yeah. seem to vibe really well.
3: What what, yeah. what works musically with him? So uh, he's one of my best friends uh, at this point. Um, and the first time we hung out um, and just met. We made our song called "One Night." Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same thing uh, with "All I've Got." How um, made the song, felt good, put it out, and it like did did pretty well. Um, and yeah, we just work really, really well together. I don't even know, can't really put a finger on like why or what it is, but we're both. He'll come over and we'll just sit down. Um, he's really good at guitar, so he can just play like every chord on the guitar, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just play a little progression and I'll be like, oh, here, let me patch you in. Let's record it, this BPM good, cool. Have that, we just build up and um, we, yeah, we just work really well together. We don't, we try not to like, we we always try whatever we want. Like if he has an idea, we'll try it. If I have an idea, we'll try it. And then we're usually like, oh, that's, that's Like that's it right there. Like this, like that's great. Really open to exploring. Yeah, and just hanging out, making tunes, and and like we both have similar tastes. Um, he, we both have a little different skill sets. He's like a real. He can sit down and make like the coolest beat or eight bar, sixteen bar loop, super groovy, super cool. And he can sit down and do that in like an hour. Versus me, I like, I guess I'm more of like a songwriter, and he's kind of more producing. Um, so I, maybe that's where the blend comes yeah. in. I if he has a really groovy cool loop um and he brings it to me we can sit down and I can maybe help like arrange it a little bit um yeah. and, and you know write lyrics and and all that stuff but um yeah he's one of my best friends at this point and uh nice I it's hard it's hard to just hang out and not do music stuff not make a song <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool but uh it's it's awesome because just having a friend like that to be able to come up with something cool that you both, both spur the too, creativity. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I couldn't help I couldn't help but notice uh, you guys had a video on YouTube there over the summer where you guys attempted the Happy Meal challenge.
2: <laughs> Sweet. I,
0: now this is where you eat a Happy Meal as fast as you can, and I saw you came in at a minute and
3: six seconds. I, uh, I was disappointed in myself. I, I I was talking a big game. I was talking a big game.
0: We actually had the world record holder of the Happy Mill Challenge on our show.
3: No way. Mr. No way. Matt
0: Stoney. Mr. Matt Stoney came on the show 15.22 seconds.
3: 15? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah speechless yeah that's, that's insane he he uh he can consume some food
0: that's for sure that's for sure
3: <laughs> his name sounds familiar did he do uh a-
0: he did the he did the uh coney island hot dog you know he did yeah. uh he beat he beat okay. chestnut in 2013 14 one of those years uh, he went on a tear and he just won like all kinds but now now he's just like a YouTube legend. He eats all kinds of just crazy things. He's, he's just, it's, it's insane. But I, if you're looking for another wild ride, like the Happy Meal Challenge, when he came on our show, I did the 500-gram uh, broccoli challenge. That's, it's 1.1 pounds of raw broccoli Ooh. as fast as you can eat it uh i was gonna say raw too. oh my gosh yeah it took me it took me 21 minutes
3: he ate it yeah. <laughs> in, he he ate it in six minutes uh six minutes yeah holy it t- <laughs> just, just like the the raw broccoli. like it just takes long to, oh. to eat anyway oh your like, jaw is sore raw- for yeah. like two days I was, afterwards i was gonna say i have a i have the tmj oh so no oh no I, so i'll eat like three pieces of raw broccoli and be like be done for. <laughs> be done,
0: I, I've definitely I've had my bouts. It's come and gone with TMJ yeah. with me. So I, I, I can I can sympathize. My mom has it really bad. She she it's gets terrible. irritated all the time with it. But uh, not him. He can consume. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. His, Man, it, so awesome. The craziest one that he has the craziest like to me uh, uh, record that he has. He did a pumpkin pie challenge uh, where he ate I think this is correct. 20 point something pounds, 20 point like seven pounds of pumpkin pie in eight minutes.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: It's insane. May- that is
3: mayhem. It, that- it, and the dude, you know, he's he's teeny. And you're just like, right. what? Happened? Right. Right. It's- right. Like, I, I can eat fast. Like, people always say, like, my girlfriend would be like, I didn't even I looked away for one second and it's gone but when you start talking 20 pounds a pound like that is when like i can eat fast but i get full like, yeah I get, <laughs> yeah i the happy anyway, meal is good for you that's
0: just yeah that's it right. that's it right. well uh now that i've curved it completely on competition eating let's get back yeah. to music there uh there it is there you are came out just a couple of months ago there in october uh tell us about this album creation cool. album what what's going on with it
3: so that one um i just brought up my girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, she we started dating l- a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um and we were together and then she went away to um college so she we were doing long distance um so there's a lot of songs in there that have the theme of a uh, you know long-distance relationship or just Mm -hmm. um, kind of a love song in that way Um, yeah a lot of those songs were inspired um, about and recorded you know late night when you know not to sound a little cheesy but you know she goes to sleep and I'm by myself just like all right well I'm I'll write a song now and then it always ends up being about about that yeah uh, and there it is there you are Uh, that kind of means uh, or Voila when you say voila um that's like the definition of it and uh funny enough, um, the Beatles, the revolver album, mm-hmm. they were gonna call it voila. I remember reading somewhere um, and they ended up not and that's always stuck in the back of my my brain and uh when I looked up voila, I saw the definition and my manager and I, um Jamie, always whenever something happens or we are I, we probably, the phrase that we've said the most to each other is there it is like, there it is. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just made sense. uh, And it just sounds, sounds good. And uh, yeah, there it is. There you are kind of just like giving it out, putting it out there. There it is. Um, (laughs) Voila.
0: Um,
3: Well, for listeners
0: who haven't listened to modern nomad and want to jump into this album, what song do you want them to hear first? Like, I mean, obviously you got the first song on the album, but like, what, what, what are you excited about?
3: yeah um probably the song i want you to stay which is funny enough the, the last song <laughs> on the album um that one i am probably most proud of the arranging and the the songwriting on that one um, nice it kind of has that beatles nielsen feel mm. but uh, kind of a new a new way kind of made it my own mm. um and yeah there's a lot of different stuff on that album but uh That one, that one definitely sticks out. And then for fan, you know, if you don't really, if you're not into like the Beatles or that style of music, then the song uh, "Get a Little Closer." Mm. That one, more of kind of just like a vibey indie kind of song. Um, Nice. And uh, yeah, but I I want you to stay. I think is uh, that one probably encapsulates the album as a whole with with what the song's about. Nice. Um, How is playing Uh, long distance relationship? I wrote that one about. You know, I wanted her to stay a little longer mm-hmm. before she moved. Um, so uh, yeah, nice, nice. Well, now uh, I'm going home. Uh, mm-hmm. Good
0: groove. Uh, Thank you. It's, uh, it's uh, one of the singles you 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 released a video on it and mm-hmm. uh, video real cool. Uh, I think you. your uh, your girlfriend filmed it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's helped me with all the videos from. I think the first one we did together was um, I knew it ended up this way. Mm-hmm. That was a single I put out in 2020. Um, she she's a great photographer, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "Hey, you're really great at taking photos. You have the eye. Like, let's try to do um, let's try to do a video." And she did it. I do all the editing um, and that stuff, but together we kind of come up with the idea and film it. And um, that one was on stuff. real deal film, right? Yeah, the, I'm going home with Super 8 so nice yeah we were on a family vacation um with her family actually in north carolina and we went to uh jockey's ridge state park Mm -hmm. which is nags head yeah i think that's one of the largest like dunes on the east coast Mm -hmm. um place was so cool um and i got some uh an interesting little outfit from the thrift store uh (laughs) before we left and um her sister her little sister um is in it too. She's kind of like the the desert fever, uh the desert dream, yeah, uh, antagonist in the video. Um and uh yeah, we just went there. We didn't really have a plan for that. We I had the super 8 um so the fil- like the super 8 in and of itself is kind of gives it the a vibe yeah. um, on film. So I knew I had I knew it was going to look cool. Um and then the location was places beautiful. So I was like it's going to look cool. Let's just go there, see what happens. And then I we went to like an antique store and I saw that um, little suitcase. And yeah, I was like, oh, that could be a prop that'll stand out against the sand. Cool. And I'm going home kind of makes sense. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we shot it. And funny enough, we were walking up this peak of a dune and it, we were the only ones there for a long time. And then we just see a group of about like a hundred hang gliders <laughs> walking, walking through. And we're just at the top, like looking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and we probably like, they're probably like, where? Like, like, am I dreaming? Like what? There's a dude wearing like, was your girlfriend's outfit. sister still there in the underwear? Yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> helmet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and from the distance by like, oh, there's someone wearing a diaper, uh, <laughs> a helmet and a guy wearing a, like a matching outfit. With a suitcase, a suitcase. Uh, what what the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I could see they probably be thrown yeah. off
0: a little bit yeah. there.
3: And then uh, same thing happened with the um, the can't explain it music video, mm. the one uh, where there's the the person in the uh, the, the gold suit, um, and we're at, we're on like a public beach for that too. And <laughs> the first day we filmed, it was pretty empty. Um, funny enough, there was someone by themselves about like 50 yards away and they were filming us and we could tell that they were kind of filming us and then grace my girlfriend checked her phone a couple hours later and someone that she knew from a couple of years ago was like oh my god my boyfriend was on the beach and like saw you guys i think that's modern nomad right and we're like yeah what the heck? so that was weird and then the next day we were finished shooting and of course it was like a really warm september october day mm-hmm. so all the locals were at the beach so it was like a cr- like Pretty crowded beach day. We had like a little, maybe like 30 by 30 area that we finished filming and like probably just scared all these people but oh well (laughs) oh well we got the video the
0: the sand dunes look those look wild and the i mean it is it's crazy to think because of how like you said biggest sand dunes on the east coast it just looks so out of place it does like i mean in most of those films you catch like one part where you actually have the water in the background but the rest of it is just you're like that in the Sahara? Where is that? Like, right, right. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Well, I do have to add one curveball on the, the album, and this yeah. will probably make no sense to anybody else, uh, but your cover art for the yeah. album, the first time yeah. I saw it, I, it was mm-hmm. one of those things I was like, who does that remind me of? Who is that? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, mm-hmm. I kept thinking about it, and I realized yeah. it's Joe Walsh from The okay. Eagles, yeah, but it's a very particular time frame of Joe Walsh. Not like okay. 70s Joe Walsh. In the mid 90s, they were rehearsing for MTV special and if you watch the like Eagles documentary, oh there's one place where his hair is like yours on the album mm-hmm. and he's got similar glasses and he's even in one of the like in the sort of freeze frame, he's in the same position as you oh and I was gosh. like, that's it. That's, that's it. it. So That's so funny. If if uh, I'm I'm going to post a picture on Instagram, you need to weigh in. Tell me if it's uh, tell me yeah. if, if I am close or I'm just way off. Sometimes no, yeah. Yeah. sometimes I feel like I like I'm like that looks exactly, you know, those times where you're like, that's exactly it. Yeah. And then everybody else is like, no, what, are you what do you yeah. know? It's not there. What is yeah. so I don't know if it's just me on this one. I'm going to have to post it and ask you. That's yeah, yeah. it's uh, but that's what after that, I was just like I kept on saying I was like that's nah, I can't. I got I got I got to say it. That's funny, man. Yeah.
3: What uh I, I actually had a a, co- a a different uh piece of art for the cover mm-hmm. that my, my guy my friend George did. He's done a lot of my my art. Um mm-hmm. and Grace and I did a photo shoot and that was one of them and she sent it to me in square form kind of like that. Yeah. And for some reason I was just like nope, like that that that's works. It, right? I just felt right and then I had a, a bunch of other photos from that shoot that I was like Those would be great for like press photos and stuff. And I was just like, when she sent me the photo, I was just like, this reminds me of something that I would come across at like a thrift store vinyl selection and pick it up and just be like, this just looks like kind of like a classic record kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, And and so I I just had that in mind and I was just like, just fun with that. And it works with the, the, you know, voila, there it is.
0: There you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. No. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, last question since it's the start of 2022. What's the what's the aspirations for Modern
3: Nomad in 2022? What are you looking to do? So, um, hopefully, uh, start playing playing some more shows. I know things are getting postponed now again, um, but hopefully, hopefully in the coming months and maybe towards the middle end of the year, we'll be able to play some more shows. Nice. Uh, to so definitely do that, I'm always recording. Um, I plan on putting out a couple singles in the next couple of months. Um, nice. Have a collection of songs that Jamie is probably going to hate me for saying it, but it could be an album. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love I love projects, um, yeah. but singles are are the thing today. Um, and uh, I there's a couple artists who I want to want to work with. Nice. Um, Grace's little sister is a musician too. I've helped her put out some some tunes, so we may do a little EP. Um, very cool. And hopefully yeah, just collab and write with write with some artists and just make some great music.
0: Maybe a little bit more
3: peachface uh, uh not Charles oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. a uh, pu- I think it's public knowledge, yeah. Um she's they're working on an album. Mm-hmm. So um maybe maybe get get in there somehow. <laughs> um work your way into uh, the album i like it yeah yeah play play some shows with uh peach face hopefully and yeah not charles and i we have a song um in the pipeline that's completely done so that'll be coming out soon very nice very nice yeah well music do some videos and see what happens sounds like it's going to be exciting 2022
0: yeah awesome tom i want to thank you for coming on the show today man it's been a pleasure
3: yeah thank you ben yeah great meeting
0: Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, you can check out all things modern nomad at modernnomadmusic.com. You can follow him on social media at modern nomad right now. Let's take a listen to I Wanna I Want You To Stay right here on the Doc G Show. This morning with the sun looking
2: into my eyes. Do you want to know something?
0: Here on the Doc A G A Show, you just heard Modern Animal off of his most recent album. There it is. And there you are. Right there. Modern Nomad. Fantastic. Tom, such a nice guy. Yes. Such a nice guy. Now, I don't know if you called that, Mike, but uh, he uh, he did the, uh, the Happy Meal Challenge. Happy Meal Challenge. How fast can you eat a happy meal uh, and drink the drink? What do you think? What do you think your time would be on that? Oh, um, I'm going to say two minutes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Max. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not super fast. So I, I told him on the air there that, you know, I did the <laughs> broccoli challenge uh, when Matt Stoney, because Matt Stoney holds the record for the Happy Mill Challenge. He holds the unofficial record of 15.9 seconds wow yes okay it's insane because he inhales food it's nuts so true but uh dave actually former co-host of the show dave when matt stoney came on the show tried out the happy meal challenge he actually did this um and i think he got right around the exact same time that uh that tom did it was close it was like it was right (laughs) around a minute something they, they did it in almost a minute even. Tom Tom did a minute and six, which is, is pretty impressive. Not bad. I mean, I think it really depends on how many fries they give you with it. Because sometimes they'll True. pack that little paper thing full. And then sometimes they'll <laughs> give you like ten for a Happy Meal. So yeah. it's really, you, you don't know. You don't know. But uh, yeah, regardless, Mike, it's good time in Baltimore. Lots of good music going on up there in Baltimore. Do you ever... You ever tour in Baltimore? Ever do shows there? Um, I did do a
1: show in Baltimore, actually. Mm, Can't remember where it was or much, uh, too many
0: details about really anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> Felt like a nice time.
0: Overall, there were no negative things that stick out in your head no. that you were like, "Oh, that was horrible." Mm. That was
1: my. Uh, that was my first headlining show, actually. Really? While I was living in New York, yeah, they invited me down to Baltimore, and that was my first headlining gig. Was in Baltimore. That's and, a big um, deal. Yeah, I did like forty-five minutes. I was very proud. Yes, I feel. So. I,
0: I feel like you should have that like framed or something. Then you know, like like a ticket stub or something like that was. Yeah, that I think. was. I think I still have the set list. Oh yeah, I think nice. I still have the set list. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I wonder if there's uh mm. listeners, any fans of uh of mics uh that were there. I'm sure there's some out there listening. <laughs> Send us some video footage of this. We need some Yeah. We need some first headlining show info. Um Ugh. It's good times, good times in Baltimore. I yeah. uh, did not have anything that fun in Baltimore. Uh, I've just gone to conferences in Baltimore, so hmm. it's much less fun. It's a good conference place, maybe. It is it, 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 around the harbor, you know. That's uh, that's always historically like if you're uh, if you're a visitor, they're like stay in the harbor. Gets rough outside of the. Harbor. It doesn't get rough. It's not that bad. I mean, there definitely aren't the the you know it's not all happy super uh visitor friendly places but still harbor's really nice it is it's good Mm. stuff sounds nice oh it's it's lovely it's lovely harbors are always great especially (laughs) spring and fall you know you get dead winter you get dead summer yeah it's not enjoy as enjoyable but uh Mm. it's a nice place you know what and 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 modern nomad's doing big things up there you go modern nomad check out his newest album Check out all of his music, guys. It's available on all streaming services. Mike, we've got three birthday suits. We're only going to give two actual full birthday suits. I will give you the choice. Okay, so we've got a fairly current rapper. We've got a uh, 60s singer, and we've got a uh, 19th century writer. Who do you want to go with? Um, I'm gonna go
1: with the ones that I'll probably get incorrect. The writer, okay, and the what was a
0: singer or rapper. Uh, the singer,
1: okay. Yeah. Let's go with the singer,
0: okay. Um, yeah, I think you might. I think you might get both. Actually, they're I'd pretty, probably get all of them wrong. Anyways, I so. don't know. They're they're pretty big. They're pretty big. Uh, okay, we'll go writer we'll first. Born on January nineteenth, eighteen o nine in boston massachusetts our birthday suit wearer's uh, dad abandoned the family and his mom died at a young age he was taken to richmond virginia and the allen family fostered him the family sailed to the united kingdom in 1850 1815 where our birthday suit wearer went to school they then moved back to richmond in 1820 our birthday suit wears foster parents uncle died in 1825 and left the foster parent $750,000, roughly equivalent to $17 million today. Uh, after this, our birthday suit wearer enrolled at the University of Virginia. He dropped out after a year and moved to Boston, writing under a pseudonym, Henry Le René, also, during this time, he enlisted uh, himself in the Army to support himself. He was discharged in 1829. He, in 1830, he enrolled at West Point. He was then later kicked out. He published his first novel in 1838, The Narrative of Author Gordon Pym of Nantucket. On January 29, 1845, his poem, and this should be the key, the Raven hmm. was published in the Evening Mirror. It, was, it made our birthday suit wearer a household name, but he only made $9 for its publication. Our birthday suit wearer's wife died two years later, and because of this, his drinking and his moods become, uh, became increasingly worrisome. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer passed away in 1849. Still not clear what he died from. He's one of the most well-known authors, American authors, with people often characterizing him as a mad genius or a tormented artist. Famous director Alfred Hitchcock said, it's because our birthday suit wearer's uh, work that he began to make suspense films. Name that birthday suit wearer
1: wow i'm so bad i'm kind of guessing here edgar Allan poe you are not
0: so bad correct correct Ah, yes quote the raven nevermore edgar Allan poe yes yeah yeah really that's a big work i mean there are some other uh works that are pretty well known but that's i mean he's like i mean i don't want to say he's a one-hit wonder but that's like you know you say that name uh, that's what people are gonna say. The Raven. Yeah, that's what they're gonna say. I had to like, read the Raven. Yeah, I think, I I think most people had yeah. to read it. You High know, school. luckily yeah. it's not that. You know, it's not a it's not a long thing. You know, no, you're not sitting down reading A Great tale story. of two cities. It's like a it's like a page and a half. You know, or something like yeah. That. And you're just like, oh, dude has a raven hanging around, and now you know. I mean, I gotta be honest. Ravens, they are smart birds. Those guys. So, Raven probably had a, a deep conversation with the dude in that poem. Actually. So true. Probably up there like, hey, let's talk philosophy. And that, that was cut out. <laughs> that was actually cut out of the first edition of The, the Raven. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and you said The Singer, which is good because The Singer yeah. will uh, go along with my follow-up here. Uh, born on January 19, 1943 in Port Arthur, Texas. Our birthday suit wearer was a fan of music from a young age. She started hanging out with other fans of music in school, started singing and playing together during high school. She was often made fun of and bullied because she loved to read, paint, and play music, which was viewed as outcast behavior. After high school, she started going to the University of Texas, but she left in 1963, hitched hike to San Francisco, where she tried recording music again. It's around this time that she started abusing drugs, much more often became heavily addicted to methamphetamines. Two years later, she returned back to Texas, tried to remove herself from drugs and alcohol. She enrolled herself at Lamar University in Beaumont. In 1966, she was recruited to sing with the Big Brother and the Holding Company Band. Their first album was released in 1967. In 1969, she started singing solo. She released her album, I Got Them Old Cosmic Blues Again, Mama, Hmm. in August of 1969. She also appeared at Woodstock that same year. Sadly, in 1970, she uh, she was found dead in a hotel room due to alcohol and heroin. In 1971, her most popular album, Pearl, came out after she passed away. The album had the songs Me and Bobby McGee, Mercedes Benz, and Move Over. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995, won a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2005. She is seen as one of the most influential singers of the late 60s. Name that birthday suit wearer.
1: Uh, I don't know. She was in the 27 Club, though, right? It's she was. Totally, I don't know why I'm blanking out on her name.
0: JJ.
2: Hmm. JJ. J-
1: JJ. In the initials. Uh, Jane... No, I don't know.
0: Janice no Joplin.
1: <laughs> Janice Joplin.
0: Uh. Janice Joplin. Yes. Janice Joplin. There you go, man. There you go. And she was. She was a member of the 27 Club, which I looked up. Uh, you know, not as many artists as I actually thought. Nope. I mean, there's some big names, but not as many, especially like uh, um, uh, recent uh, uh, deaths in the uh, music community. Uh, basically, only Amy Winehouse was one of the the recent, uh, you know, twenty seven year olds. Um, huh. Yeah, uh, there were other like you know, Biggie, uh, Tupac, uh, that uh, died before twenty seven. Um, so yeah, they were young. So uh, Robert Johnson, famous blues singer, he was in twenty seven. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, twenty seven. Jimi Hendrix, twenty seven. Jim Morrison, twenty seven. Kurt Cobain, twenty seven. Uh, and uh, Janis Joplin, 27. Uh, There was actually a research study in 2011 that studied uh, young adult musicians as far as their death rate. Uh, And they do find that young adult musicians in general have a higher death rate than the young adult population. And they concluded that fame may increase the risk uh, of death among musicians. But... That risk is not limited to the age of 27. There was no statistical evidence. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Hmm. Now, Interesting. the other one that you didn't choose, sadly, another artist that was gone too so- soon, Mac Miller. Mac, Mac Miller. Miller. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, passed away in 2018. He uh, passed away at 26. 26. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. There we go, Mike. Uh, birthday suits all around. Janis Joplin, Mac Miller, Edgar Allen, Poe, and DP. DP, Dolly Pardon. Happy birthday to everybody. Happy birthday to all those folks. Mike, we have got some fantastic shows coming up. Very excited about all these guests that we've got in the pipeline. I'm just ordering them, deciding which order they should go in. But we've got some good ones to come up. Don't know when we're going to actually air them, but trust me, they're bangers. They're bangers. Awesome. Yeah. 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 But for now, (laughs) we got to wrap the show up. I've been your host, Doc G, as per usual, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey, Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This was great. Yes. Always always a pleasure. Once again, it was fantastic. All kinds of info that we had, MLK, mm-hmm. MLK tidbits, modern, modern nomad. It just doesn't stop on the Doc G Show. But until next time, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doodah.